OTBGAA. Hurling games, all we can do is do our absolute best, and but we have to dust ourselves down and we have to go again. Just be the best that you can be after that. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB's Rugby Daily with Deliveroo. Get top local restaurants delivered to your door. Deliveroo. Food. We get it. Welcome to Wednesday's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormack and on the way today I'll bring you some of the key moments from today's Women in Rugby Progress report which took place in Abbottstown. We'll hear from IRFU CEO Kevin Potts, the chair of IRFU Women's Subcommittee Fiona Steed and the head of Women's Performance and Pathways among others. Joy Neville meanwhile will make history at this year's Rugby World Cup in France and Chris Farrell has extended his stay in France following his Munster departure. Rugby Daily is brought to you in partnership with Deliveroo. Get top local restaurants delivered to your door. Deliveroo food. We get it. First today, the IRFU Women in Rugby Progress Report was presented at their High Performance Centre in Abbottstown today. First published in December, IRFU CEO Kevin Potts said today that all of its recommendations have been or are being implemented. Potts says by September, more than a third of the union's senior management will be female and they remain committed to 40% female representation on the union committee by year's end. He also pointed to Amory Hughes' recent appointment as Head of Equity, Diversity and Inclusivity, which Potts said will help ensure Irish rugby is as safe, inclusive and welcoming as possible. Some of the questions put to Potts today related to the Telegraph article published before Ireland's Women's Six Nations meeting with Italy last month. While admitting sexism is a societal issue which touches on rugby, Potts said it's not one that is a problem within the IRFU currently. He also addressed the who gives a fuck about women's rugby comment by a prominent figure in the game made at a president's dinner earlier this year. So I, I guess in my response to the article, obviously we nobody likes negative crit- criticism, um, but the the alleged statement by uh, somebody at the dinner certainly doesn't represent the views or the, the, the position of anybody involved in the IRFU that I'm working with or in the wider union committee. Um, I do accept for sure, we, I think we need to communicate better. Um, I think we need to communicate what our organisation is truly like, which is far more diverse, inclusive than is portrayed by some. Um, so I, I was disappointed with the article and I was disappointed that it gives an impression in relation to, to our, the IRFU that simply isn't the case. But the comments are not reflective of, of what we stand for, for sure. Our own Ashling O'Reilly put it to Potts how Ireland have ended up as also runs in the Women's Six Nations just a decade on from Grand Slam success. I, I guess we, we are really disappointed with how things have progressed over the last number of years. Um, but what I'm focused on or have been focused on for the last 16 months is addressing any shortfalls in the system. And I'd like to think we are starting to do that in a meaningful way with everything we're doing. And I'd like to look forward and hopefully any, any failings in the past have now been firmly addressed and we can look forward to a more positive outcome in the years ahead for sure. One of the Women in Rugby Action Plan recommendations that won't be happening this year is an expansion of the women's AIL. The report had recommended increasing the number of teams to 12, split into two divisions of six. Fiona Steed is the chair of IRFU Women's Subcommittee. She claimed today that a 12-team WAIL was not currently sustainable. The former Ireland captain said she consulted with clubs but the Irish Women's Rugby Supporters Club countered that on Twitter today, saying her consultation was not what they'd call helpful. You can check out their account at Irish Women's on Twitter. We'll have more from today's presentation, including a one-on-one chat with Gillian McDarby a little bit later on in the pod.
Joy Neville is to make history at this year's Rugby World Cup in France. The Limerick native will become the first woman to officiate at the men's edition of the tournament. Neville will be among the television match officials in France, or else she occupied during the Six Nations. Andrew Brace is among referees confirmed for the tournament. Chris Busby is among the assistants. And Brian McNeese joins Neville on the TMO panel. Grand Slam winners Caelan Doris, Mac Hansen, Hugo Keenan and Dan Sheehan have been nominated for this year's Men's 15's Players Player of the Year Award. It's the second year running that Doris, Hansen and Keenan have been nominated, but they were all beaten last year by Josh van der Fleer. Sheehan was also shortlisted to date for the Nevin Spence Men's Young Player of the Year Award, along with Jack Crowley and Tom Stewart. It's been a good day for Ulster hooker Stewart. He also claimed the United Rugby Championship's next-gen player of the season for this year. Neve Jones, Dervla Nikovorge and Cal- Captain Nicola Friday have been nominated for Women's 15's Players Player of the Year. Women's 15's Young Player of the Year will be contested by Natasha Bean, Aoife Dalton and Saeed McGrath. The winners will be revealed at the Clayton Hotel in Dublin next Wednesday, May 17th. Chris Farrell has committed to Oyana in France. The former Ireland centre was released by Munster back in March, with the province saying he'd be pursuing a playing opportunity elsewhere. Farrell joined the Pro T2 leaders shortly afterwards as a medical joker, but has now agreed to a new deal to keep him with Oyana until at least the summer of 2025. Finally, we return to Abbottstown and today's presentation of the Women in Rugby Progress Report. Our own Ashling O'Reilly caught up with Gillian McDarby, the IRFU Head of Women's performance and pathways. Tell me a little bit about your day-to-day role. Um, My day-to-day role varies from managing a team of 16, 17 plus um, to overseeing how the programmes are run to setting up new pathways that we've recently set up. So we've recently set up um, eight uh, new roles within a university structure where we're going to grow um, the development of the game through the provincial structure. Um, So we're going to have four athletic performance coaches and four talent coaches um, established throughout the provinces where we'll align with the provinces themselves and also the clubs and the domestic game. Um, My role is across both 7s and 15s, Um, so uh, I'm constantly um, going between both programmes, managing the staff of that, looking after the players, making sure we have the right resources, the right systems and the right structures in place to support these women to be successful. And for people that might not know, when did you come into this role? I started uh, August 2022. And how have you found that role so far? Uh, Very challenging, but challenging in a good way because we're only going to get better. And uh, like the changes that we've already seen, I know we didn't get the performance that we wanted out of the Six Nations. But if you watch back throughout the games, like each game we got better and better. Our performances got better and better. So you could see that just because we were just a short time together. And over that short time, the difference that it made, that cohesion of being together. So now if you look forward and where we're going, and now we have a new competition coming up, Global XV, we're going to have time, more time time together we're going to have that cohesion so we'll start to assemble in September we'll have some warm-up games we'll then have the three competitive games that we'll play in and then we'll come back into Six Nations so we'll have that prep time that we didn't have previously and that's going to make a huge difference. You mentioned your head of the 15s on the 7s so there's been a lot of conflict around that some of the maybe the best performers are playing 7s and they couldn't play for the 15s and I suppose that was a hindrance on the 15s team as well how do you see all of that and the conflict within that? Um I, I wouldn't say it's conflict because, you know, we have a small depth of players, so we need to make sure that we achieve both our objectives. And so this year, the Olympics is the obje- objective for the Sevens. The Six Nations was for um, the women's 15s. 
But going forward after this weekend, um, when they do qualify for the Olympics in Toulouse, um, the players will become more available throughout the season. Um, so we should have them available, you know, um, subject to uh, injury. Um, so going forward into Global XV. Greg McWilliams has now stepped away um, as the head coach of the, the 15s team. Could you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Um, was it a mutual decision? Yeah, it was mutual consent. Uh, we sat down after the tournament and just reviewed things and uh, it was just mutually decided then that uh, Greg would step away from the programme. And what steps have been taken now to appoint someone new? So John McKee now is interim head coach, uh, so John's senior coach, and he's been in the system since December of last year, and he's there now just running the programme. Um, and so we're in the middle of now of advertising the role, putting it together, and then we send it out um, to all the relevant platforms and get the best coach that's available out there to, to coach the team. That's it for today's Rugby Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby Feed wherever you happen to consume your podcasts. My name is Richie McCormack. I'll have more Rugby Daily for you with thanks to Deliveroo.